Welcome to What Would Ani Say podcast, where three Anis share the challenges, joys, and everything in between growing up as Korean females in Canada, with the hope to connect and empower the next generation of Korean Canadian female leaders. Hosted by TK, Yuna Lee, and Deli Hong. Hello, future Anis to be. So we Anis wanted to use this episode to discuss our personal successes and struggles with vulnerability and tools for mental wellness. We hope you can relate and find lifelong takeaways that can pave a way for better mental health in your personal life. So with that, we just wanted to start with what does it mean for you to kind of to be mentally healthy and our personal take on this. Uh, so TK, um, do you want to share with our listeners what you feel like your definition is to be mentally healthy? Yeah, so um, when we decided to talk about this, I think... I was telling you girls, like I was trying to figure out like how I can, in my own perspective, talk about being mentally healthy or mentally well. Um, and then it came down to just understanding and then actually practicing personal boundaries. So I think I learned over the years when you have your own sandbox that you feel comfortable in mentally, um, you just feel more at peace with yourself. So I think of being mentally healthy as like really understanding and also like actioning against like your personal boundaries. So for an example, that might be saying, you know, no to things, like not trying to please everyone by saying yes to everything or people like asking you to do something. Um, so always just kind of being true to yourself as to, hey, like, does this make me feel comfortable? Or like, does it make me uncomfortable? Just kind of being more true to yourself. Um, So I kind of define mental health or being mentally healthy that way. Um, And as you girls know, like I have this pretty uh, vivid perspective that usually like people don't really care about like your chat, like your personal challenges. So like don't open up about like personal issues or challenges that you're going through because like they probably wouldn't care or they might use it against you in the future or whatever it may be. So it's just kind of a perspective that I have. Um, so just for me, being mentally healthy is understanding that like my comfort level around telling people about, you know, things that are bothering me in my life or challenges that I'm going through, but also knowing that some people, um, you just have to kind of like love them from a distance. So like they don't need to know every single thing that's happening in my life um, and just kind of keep it that way. So I would say that is how I define mental health, but, or being mentally healthy for me, mm-hmm. but I know it's not something that you know, it's just very personal to me and it might not be like a perspective that, you know, like other people share, but, um, I don't know, like what you guys think, like Ellie, I don't know if that's just me or like how you define mental health or how you define like being mentally well. Yeah. I mean, I think I can relate to like parts of what you, your definition of mental health, like definitely, um, with like what you said about like saying, 
like no to things that don't really serve um, you or is good for your mental health and not being a people pleaser. I mean, this is something that I feel like I've personally grown in and has really helped my mental health because I used to in the past say a lot of yes. Like I would say yes to a lot of things that necessarily I wouldn't really want to because Mm. um, that aim to people please. But lately and through covid um and being so low on energy i think as most people have it had almost forced me to be a lot more i think stronger with my boundaries or saying yes to Mm. things that i really want to say yes to or keeping people in my life that i really want to keep in my life so i think that's actually really crucial for mental health so i do really resonate with um what you said with regards to that tk um and i think for me it's also like to branch off of that it's also being aligned with my purpose is really big. So I notice, like... Yeah, you're big with purpose. I'm very big with purpose. So, like, yeah. I notice, like, times where I feel really down or not really, like, something's really off. is like, when I'm doing activities or engaging in thought patterns or... Um, making decisions in my life that aren't in line with my bigger purpose. So um, this means that, like, you know, if I have weeks where I feel like I've done stuff or that is not aligned with that greater vision. I don't feel the greatest, but when I have weeks where I, you know, journal and I feel more intentional and I feel like I'm doing things that's moving me forward towards my purpose and vision, that makes me feel really good and has a huge impact on my mental health and it just trickles down and I feel really good uh, from that place. Um, And I think this has shifted because before I used to think of mental health as like, oh, you just need to be happy. It's just an emotion. Mm -hmm. But now I realize it's so tied to like that, inner purpose that inner uh, sense of like knowing the why of why you do things and feeling really like resonated and and clear on that so I think that's really big for me um and accepting like whatever that vision is and purpose is is for your life is just like just being true to that and not faking it or you know not trying to put up a pretense but just kind of being like show up as that that version and I I think the closer I get to that the better I feel and the more stable I feel and um and I think an aspect of um mental health too that I find is something that I still need to work on um but I struggle and and I struggle with is uh like reaching out for help I think is an aspect of mental health because I I think mental health is also very much tied to community like I don't think it's like Mm. mental health on an island type of idea I don't really Mm. I mean I used to think that like oh yeah you live an island like just be independent you can take everything care of yourself but I think there's that aspect of it of like when you struggle like knowing when to reach out to whether it be professionals or friends and just like practicing resourcefulness I think is a huge aspect of mental health and being willing to like reach out for that it's something I still struggle with but I think it's a big aspect of mental health yeah I'm so glad that you brought that because I I think I'm still stuck in kind of this like island of like my self-improvement self-growth mm-hmm. and like I just want to be mentally healthy and be at peace with myself kind of thing so I kind of get the analogy of like when you mentioned the island of like just being you and like being just with your why, your purpose, and yes. that's it. Mm-hmm. I totally feel that because I, I feel like now maybe once I kind of 
feel more grounded it's like maybe i'll start reaching out if i need the support from my community mm-hmm. but it it just kind of clicked on me i was like oh my god yeah like i totally think of myself like on an island by myself and just being happy yes <laughs> Yeah. It's like, no, like, you need to, like, you need people, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and it helps to buffer, like, that stress. It's like that analogy of, like, the one stick versus, like, five sticks. Like, it's easier to yeah. break one oh my stick God, yes. than to, like, and it's way harder to break five. So it's, like, you build resilience and mental resilience and community. And it's something I almost forget sometimes when I'm working on personal growth. And um, when I'm going through struggles, I have this tendency to, like, just, like, hole up and go in a corner. And I, I have to, like, consciously remind myself, yeah when I hit barriers like you know maybe like reach out and maybe someone can shed perspective or shed insight that I didn't see and like you can't see your own blind spots so that's something I've been like realizing that I haven't integrated into like my personal growth Mm. because I think of it as such a solo journey and I'm realizing now oh like there needs to be an aspect of like that community and um, realizing that you are more resilient mentally resilient in community that yeah that really uh, reminds me of something that I read in a book and like I think I can kind of try and tie those things together um so like in this book like what I was reading is that like if you think of yourself as an island like you guys have mentioned Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. and like there's bridges to the island um Mm -hmm. and people can like come and go into your island Mm -hmm. But like, so when you're by yourself in an island, it's a lot easier to control whatever is going on in there. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, be happy and like you can have your people on there. um, And then you don't have to have the bridge. Um, But if you don't have the bridge, then like it's stagnant and like there won't be a lot of growth coming out from that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can control like when and how you like let the bridge down to let people cross. And like Mm -hmm. you can let the bridge down when these people like agree to, you know, respect like your rules that are on the island. They don't go, you have a set of rules. They don't come to your island, burn down all the trees. (laughs) Exactly. They don't like take all your resources. That's that's my worry. (laughs) Yeah. So like if you've had a bad experience with, you know, maybe like having the bridge down all the time Mm -hmm. or welcoming everybody on the island and maybe like you need some time to like be by yourself to just to be like, you know, I'm going to groom this island and like make it my own. Mm -hmm. And then like once you have everything, you know, like good and peaceful, then you can start thinking about, okay, like what are the rules I'm going to like keep mm-hmm. here on the I island like so that, that I, I love can that. make it happy. Yeah. What an amazing <laughs> so I perspective. I just share that. <laughs> yeah, just something I read in a, an amazing book, which um, I can talk a little bit about later. But yeah, definitely resonated with like a lot of what you guys said in terms of like mental health because, you know, like there's like the idea of like us being successful and, and happy by ourselves, but we actually exist in relations to other people. And what I found in my experience and in my past is that like, um, it's that uh, struggle of trying to relate and keep relationships um, like at a good place that causes a lot of actually pain, but it also causes a lot of joy. So it's like there needs to be um a lot of discretion and a lot of intention that goes into cultivating those relationships Mm -hmm. and like how you said TK like maybe like you put people at a certain distance if that means like you're going to be happier that way and then knowing when to let people like closer or when to ask for help Um, so you know like about the relating like the art of relating I think is really crucial to mental health Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then personally for me, one other thing that's been really important is like the balance of feeling comfortable and like adventure kind of like or like risk taking I guess because like I think that I tend to be on the side of like I love comfort and I like everything to be predictable and I know exactly what's going on um, I want a lot of control over like what happens in my life um, and like knowing if I'm going to be good at something or like if, if I'm going to eat the same thing or you know those kinds of things um, but at the same time like when I leaned heavily like on wanting to feel um, comfortable and like in control um, I actually don't feel great like I have I don't feel mentally like healthy mm. I feel stagnant I feel like bored I feel almost like a little bit anxious even so um and like kind of like uh I guess like I think I also lose a little bit of confidence in myself when I keep myself in that zone so personally for me I found that like when I intentionally take more risks and step a little bit outside of my comfort zone and like um try to like do things that are kind of outside of my control and it's almost like a little bit of like exposure therapy mm. um then i have more feelings of growth and i have more feelings of like novelty and adventure and i actually trust myself more um so i think that was a big part of um me trying to be more mentally healthy and like part of the challenge is that i need that balance between like comfort and risk yeah, no, I totally resonate with that. It's like that having that, like, perfect balance. And I think it's so individual for each person, because I know for me, I have a higher need for adventure, but I definitely still have that need for stability. And if one thing is like, really out of balance, or one thing is off from what I need it to be, I definitely see like it affects my mental health. And when things are very aligned and in balance, it like, I feel so much better. So I totally resonate with um, what you said, Yuna. Um, it's just for me, I just have a slightly more higher need for adventure, but like very similar in that if that alignment is yeah. off, I feel off. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the way that, you know, you were talking about like being more adventurous um, and then talking about the bridge analogy, it's it takes courage, I think like to even lower the bridge to let people to your island, mm. um, as you call it. Um, so it's always I, a little bit of risk involved. Yeah, with that. like you said, yeah. there could be a virus that comes on the bridge and kills your whole population. <laughs> <laughs> like that is a valid like risk that could happen on the island, like all the things that can go wrong, right? But then if you don't yeah, open, uh, open right. the bridge, you have no resources coming in, no growth. So it's like that it's like you take always a risk, but hopefully it's a calculated risk, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I honestly feel like in order to even lower the bridge to let people in, like mentally, like emotionally, or to be adventurous and to kind of step outside of your sandbox, I think it takes not only courage, but also being vulnerable um, mm -hmm. because you're kind of opening yourself up. And I think that itself is like you're trying to be vulnerable to the risk of getting hurt or you know the risk of being misunderstood things like that which could impact your mental health um so for me i totally resonate with that so because it's like i like playing in my sandbox by myself so for me to even like 
make the effort to be closer, it means I have to open myself up because obviously like you need to kind of have some kind of an emotional connection with the other person um, to have like a stronger relationship like long term. So for me, it's a hard one. I know you guys know this too. Like I have a hard time. Like I'm very private and like I only share like certain things that um that I feel comfortable with so even like opening up to you guys I remember I was like oh my god like my palms are sweating like you know like I'm just trying my best to be vulnerable so I would say that's something that I kind of took away from our conversation just now it's like it's not just about like being adventurous and like being in my sandbox but it's like the courage to be vulnerable I think comes hand in hand with like mental health yeah I think um that's so true and yeah, I think I resonate with the fact that like it it does take a lot of courage like to be able to do that. Um, and then there is that like need between or like that balance between like wanting to keep everything like nice and pristine in my sandbox and then like wanting to like reach out and like still have connections and like growth happening. So yeah, that is definitely an analogy that also applies to like relationship and like um but also like life in general and it's interesting because it's so different like where that balance is and what those Mm -hmm. rules are and you know what are the terms where i would lower my bridge like it's so different um depending on the person to person so i think one of one aspect of mental health is like cultivating the awareness of like where you feel comfortable versus like where you don't feel so good about Mm it um and then kind Mm of um trying to distinguish between like am I feeling like this because like I'm trying to be a little bit more vulnerable or is there actually danger there is yeah what I think yeah Mm. yeah Um, yeah, no for me um, I was just thinking TK when you were sharing like um, you know how you said you like to play in your sandbox but for me it was like I have a different perspective in the sense like I also had a lot of experiences where I tried so hard to be out of my sandbox Mm. (laughs) Um, Mm. so to speak because I was trying so hard to find other people outside my sandbox to define what my sandbox was Um, and it's like I kind of approached it very differently from you in the sense that like instead of protecting my sandbox I would try to like extend outside myself is the best way to describe it and um in that process I found also was not that healthy for my mental Mm. health in the sense that like you also (laughs) need to like build up your sandbox um in the sense like you need to spend time by yourself I had a hard time spending time by myself for the longest time I did not want to play in my sandbox I wanted to be outside my sandbox being Mm. in my sandbox game anxiety (laughs) because it was like oh yeah so it was very interesting when you were saying I love being in my sandbox for me it was the opposite it was like I don't want to be in my sandbox I don't want to be with myself I don't want to be listening to my thoughts or explore that because it was like you know, it was too anxiety provoking for me. So um, it's almost like I felt happier outside of it. And then like going in it is like, was like a big thing for me when I started doing more personal growth and reflecting and journaling and that forced me in the sandbox. And it helped me define what my sandbox was. And I think that's also a very Mm. important aspect of mental health, where it's like, yes, you want to be able to open and get outside your sandbox. But if you don't have a defined sandbox, like where, where do you stand with in terms of like, defining who goes in and out of that sandbox right yeah so where's the yeah, line? where's the line like, like, i didn't i didn't yeah. i didn't spend enough time 
in it to even know and draw what the lines were. And I think that's an uh, aspect of mental health for me that has been part of my journey. So for you, TK, where it's been more like you're in the a sandbox and it's reaching out. For me, it's like I spent my whole life outside of the sandbox and it's like trying to define what my sandbox is. So I've, I've, I've approached it from the other end. So I found that super interesting. That's so that, like, interesting. It's kind of like... Yeah, the yin and yang of like how we've approached mental health, but like in a different way. Yeah, it's almost like I am I am taking the courage and being vulnerable to invite somebody to play in my sandbox, and and that's kind of how I'm viewing it. Whereas like you were playing with everyone yes. like um, outside of your sandbox, but you didn't even let yourself in the box. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I felt like. Um, like definitely I, I have experiences or memories of growing up where I would like try to like fit into everyone else's sandbox because I was so mm. confused as to what my sandbox was. Um, so I think that created a lot of like mental like health issues in terms of like I just felt really distraught um, and it was only like in my later years I realized wow I need to spend time and work on like figuring out who I am and my boundaries and like drawing those lines. Um, so that's why like when I hear like your side of things, TK, it really helps me because like I'm like, oh, this is how you draw your sandbox because you're you are so mm-hmm. much in the other direction. Um, mm-hmm. So it it kind of gives me a little bit of like a map, so to speak, um, because um, yeah, it's not something I'm very familiar with uh, just because of the way I've approached. It's like you're experts from like two like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the areas we do relate in and that we're both perfectionistic and both like very career driven. I mean, there's a lot of um, commonalities there. But I think in terms of approach to mental health, it's very interesting because it is, yeah, like different ends of a spe- uh, spectrum, like what you said, Yuna. So, yeah, it's super interesting that you and me, TK, have such differing, um, I guess, perspectives on how we approach mental health, but we can use the same analogy to speak about it. But what about you, Yuna? Um, do you can you relate to anything that me and TK were saying with the sandbox? Yeah, I think like for me personally, um, I can definitely relate to sandbox as like being an analogy for mental health and like relating to other people. Um, but I think for me, it's also that like, like that sandbox is kind of like my comfort zone where I I am more likely to stay. So I guess like if I were to put myself on a spectrum, I'm probably closer to TK spectrum. And I'm wondering if it's because like we're both a little bit more on the introverted side. Um, yeah. And then like for me, like a lot of like stepping outside of that, like does take a lot of courage. Um, but it's also like not just about people, but also about like new like things and like challenges and kind of like doing things that I'm not really comfortable with. Um, and I think that I like to be just really good at like what I do. And so like when I try something for the first time that like I generally mm. suck and I'm not really good mm. at things and like that sometimes like discourages me from like trying those things. Um, <laughs> but I think when I try more of those things and I get kind of used to like sucking at some things like in the beginning I think I do need a balance of like those things so there's some things that I've always done and I'm good at and I know how it's gonna go or you know there's like people that are familiar and I know how our friendship's going to be or how relationship is going to be like they're safe 
But then there's also there also needs to be like some things that I'm maybe like building or yeah. relationships that I'm building. So they're kind of like mid progress. Um, and then there needs to be some things that I'm like totally like you know trying new for the first time or like sucking because like I've only done it like three times. Um, or like people that are really new and I don't really know how um how I will relate to them like in the future so there's like a little bit of like that balancing aspect of like where I am so yeah I think that's something that I wanted to add that seemed relevant yeah and then I know mm. Yuna like in the beginning you mentioned the bridge I feel like we moved from the bridge and the island to like the sandbox and then apparently Yuna, your sandbox is always welcome to be beside mine. <laughs> and then Ellie's just dragging, dragging us out of our sandbox all the time just to make sure that we're being adventurous that way. But um, I was just wondering, like, are there any other recommendations other than that book that you found to be like super helpful in terms of like achieving mental health or kind of being more like more aware or like helping you to be more courageous or vulnerable or I guess like I can open it to Ellie um, you as well like I just wonder if you guys have any resources that we can maybe share with our listeners that you guys found to be super helpful yeah maybe I will uh, name the book that like I shared earlier so it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle and it's not really like a mental health book or like a self-help book per se it's actually like an autobiography of um, a woman that Mm. is a writer Mm. Um, and she just like talked about her experience of mental health and I just found it a very like interesting read um, because she talks a lot about like how in the present society like we don't really like to sit with our uncomfortable emotions and we don't really like to like you know like be unhappy we just want to be happy all the time and like a lot of like the mental health focus um i think ellie you mentioned earlier is like the paradigm has shifted like it has been that like we want to feel positive most of the time and it's all about being like oh positive vibes only like don't talk about the negative things um you know like if you don't talk about it like maybe they don't exist um but she talks a lot about how like how our emotions are like compasses for like our lives and how sitting with uncomfortable emotions and really not trying to like mask them or escape them or suppress them um, actually is a part of life and is part of growth and it actually helps you to be like become more aligned with like your authentic self and um, after I read this book I had so many like realizations of like okay like maybe I don't like to be uncomfortable so like that's why I don't try new things and I don't like to try hard things but actually like when you push yourself to do like hard things that's when you grow and that's when you learn to trust yourself and discover more of yourself um, as opposed to like you know um, you do things you do certain things like I think it's very toxic in a way like in our current culture that we do a lot of things to like mask these uncomfortable emotions and yeah and a lot of it like also ties into like commercialism and like capitalism and like Mm -hmm. things like that so I found this book a really enlightening read I would recommend it for people that are maybe like just wanting to not really like study mental health or like you know to understand it 
like from the academic level but it's more of a book about like this is how this human like lived and you know there are some parts of it that's like really inspiring and like very relatable that I could use in my own life yeah I mean what I took away from that is what you were talking about earlier you know about like that balance between adventure and risk that balance like you can't have the uh, light without the darkness kind of idea so you can't only have happy 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 emotions all the time you need the negative emotions and also that also reminds me and not only the negative and positive emotions but you need to understand all the nuances in between mm-hmm. um, and there's this book I recently read uh, with Brene Brown called the Atlas of the Heart where she just explores and names certain emotions and how she kind of talks about how like we don't really understand um, like how to name our emotions and, and when we don't have the language for all the nuances all the grays of emotions um, we we don't understand that internal world right and and mm. we might ignore it because we can't put a name to it we don't understand it it's overwhelming um, and 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 even like I was like when I was reading this book I was like oh the difference between being envious and jealous like I actually didn't really understand it until I read it being envious is of someone is like you want something of theirs that you don't already have and being jealous Mm. is being like um scared of losing something you already have so like Mm. even just understanding these nuances in emotion i think just allow you to like it empowers you to um take more control of your mental health um when you kind of even understand it right like even what you were saying you know before where like you're like oh like you identify this emotion as that's uncomfortable and that going outside Mm. of your comfort zone and that discomfort might actually result in a positive thing if you just perceive it differently and understand it and process it differently rather than like numb it and avoid it so I just find um yes emotional IQ and understanding it and and reading books and just trying to really understand um how to navigate our emotions I feel like you know School doesn't teach you this, right? School doesn't they teach should. you like school no. of life, how to navigate emotion. <laughs> how do you put language on it? Like and but it's so important. I mean, we're emotional beings at the end of the day. Um and even though people think, you know, we're rational beings and our bodies are just transporting our brains and we're just like little, you know, we're little cyborg robots <laughs> with our iPhones. No, we're still emotional beings. Um this is how we relate. It shapes most of our buying decisions. It shapes um so much of, you know, what we unconsciously choose to do on a day-to-day level and our mental health and and wellness um so i just wanted to um kind of share that perspective um and then i mean other tools i found uh that have really personally worked well for me is like definitely like therapy i think therapy is a very unique experience in that like when you're working with a professional like they are wholly there for you (laughs) Um, and i think this is a very different relationship than what you could have with a friend so i think before i used to think oh like why would i even seek out therapy if i can just talk to a friend about it yeah but it is very Mm. different um and i and let me explain why i think it's it's different in the sense that one it's like completely like one way in the sense like there's very few relationships where you can just dump your problems on one person and like (laughs) not expect to like reciprocate back so I think there's a type of freedom in that and then two because they're not part of your life they're not tethered they can provide a little bit more of objective uh, perspective when they're not trying to like please you by their answer where um, you know they could they can provide blind spot like like spotlight on your blind spot and they can help you like go delve deeper into things that 
is maybe not an exercise you might do with a friend. So I found it was actually super, super helpful and something that I wish I like had used as a tool earlier um and i think yeah one of the barriers like i said that prevented me was um like because i was like i could just go to a friend mm, <laughs> but yeah. now i realize it's very different now i realize it's very different yeah um same i think i resonate um with ellie's perspective on therapy like it has been so so helpful and it's just so much more i don't know like it's very it's so much more believable when someone calls you out on your bullshit that is has like no relation <laughs> yes. to you and yes. like you don't feel emotionally attached to this person and you can see it as like a lot more of a truth than like being constructive because like this person isn't trying to attack you like they're trying to help you so I think it's really easy to kind of be called out on that um and then I think like you talked about one of the barriers being like oh like it's just why why would I do that like I would go to a friend and um, I was watching Ted Lasso and they were also talking about like this idea of like, oh, like you're just like getting paid to like, you know, um, like you don't know me. Like you don't really. I remember to that me. episode. Yeah. yeah. And that was, I yeah. think, like very um, enlightening for me to like hear that because I think that's kind of like what I used to think. Like, why would I go to a stranger? Like I have people that care about me. Mm-hmm. I have family. I have friends. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need a therapist. You know, that's what I used to think. Um, and then when I actually did start going, I was like, oh, this is why you go. <laughs> and then um, I think one of the other things that um, initially that I felt when I was going to therapy is like, oh, like this doesn't really make me feel that much better like right away. Because like, you know, like if you go to like retail therapy or if you like go watch a movie or if you do something fun, then like you mm. feel instantly better and like lifted. But, like, with therapy, I found that, like, it almost, like, kind of, like, sinks me in. And then, like, I sometimes, like, don't like it. Like, that realization Mm. of, like, oh, maybe I have to do things differently. And then, like, um, it's only later on that I reap the benefits of, like, that realization or, like, that, you know, trying to do it differently. Because, like, you know what? Like, it's uncomfortable to have somebody, like, it's still uncomfortable for somebody to, like, call you out on the bullshit. And really, like, at the end of the day, like, it's you that is creating, like, your own life. Like, it's your own choices. It's your own perspectives. Like, um, Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day, like, what therapy taught me is that I have to take responsibility for everything. So, like, once Mm -hmm. I take total responsibility, then I can really start to make big changes. But until I do that, like, nothing's really going to change. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that aspect of radical responsibility is such an important part of mental health and not putting like blame on others or and I think one aspect that has really helped me with like, taking responsibilities, building accountability systems into your daily practice. So I do that mm. with like, journaling or checklists. I remember reading like checklist manifesto that book and being like mind blown. And I was like, Oh, my God, checklists are amazing. So I just like operate my life as a checklist. <laughs> where like <laughs> I get so much satisfaction on seeing like checks on my little bullet journal of like, things that I've set out to do and feeling really good about that and knowing like, okay, like I'm taking responsibility. It's right there on paper. There's something about putting pen to paper and just building those systems um, so that you have something that's keeping you accountable um, and keeping you responsible for what, what you're saying. You're like, okay, well, how do I take what I say and how do I apply it and execute it? And how does it look like um, on a day to day? 
level, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you can talk about it. You can talk about being responsible. You can talk about things. But how does that look like on a day-to-day level? And how, how am I going to hold myself accountable? Um, mm-hmm. is, it's been part of the journey for me, for me as well that I found to be, to be quite helpful. Mm, I like that. It's kind of like, what are the actionable items to get there? Exactly. What are the KPIs, key performance indicators? (laughs) (laughs) Why why are we like this? I love that. All about the performance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I love like um, when I go over to your place, Ellie, and I know you have like your own like private blitz journal but you also have like the whiteboard on your fridge and whenever I go there I look at it and you have like a bunch of things on there that are like ongoing (laughs) and I'm like oh this is like Ellie's like life right now it's like (laughs) so I know you have like a bunch of those like tools and I think they're so helpful and um, I love that you like you know keep yourself accountable for the things that like you want to achieve um, through Mm -hmm. those yeah tools and it's so helpful yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't mastered it all, but it's a work in progress. <laughs> um, but yeah, what about you, TK? Are there any things that you found worked for you in terms of um, helping kind of maintain better mental health? Um, I think for me, there are two parts. One of them is um, there was a time like back in early 20s where I was feeling very uncomfortable with myself. I think it had to do with the with the perception that everything had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that I viewed myself as imperfect imper- didn't sit well with me. So I was almost like the worst enemy of myself, mm-hmm. which is very unhealthy mentally. Um, and I think I was like 25 and I think I was so fed up with how I viewed myself. Um, so I was like, okay, like what can I do to kind of mend that relationship with myself. Um, and I kind of took a leap and booked a two week trip to Japan all by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like have internet or anything. So I had to go into like seven elevens to get like free Wi-Fi to check like where I'm going. Um, and it was very uncomfortable for me, but at the same time, I think it was a very pivotal moment of me like embracing who I am and trying to become like my own best friend. Um, so I really, I look back on that trip. It's like, if I didn't do it, I feel like I would still be in the same place of like, not accepting who I am, mm-hmm. um, and being more grounded. Um, and then the second one is the gift of imperfection. The book by Brennan Brown was super helpful because of how I viewed myself and everything around mm-hmm. me. I thought being vulnerable was such a weak trait. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I thought of vulnerability as like you tr- you being weak, like you're not yeah. like strong. So I never really thought about vulnerability that way until she kind of um, pivoted my perception around vul- vulnerability is actually more powerful than being weak, mm-hmm. like or being mentally weak. So um, I really enjoyed her book and it was kind of hard to read just because I was like, she's challenging literally everything mm-hmm. I think about vulnerability to the core. Mm-hmm. So I found the book really challenging to read, but also it was like a really good book to reflect on. So yeah, those two traveling by myself <laughs> in like no language I can speak. I was like, mm, I don't know how to get around. I don't know how to ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that book. So yeah, yeah, I think those two really helped. Yeah. Something about travel, I find, when um, is just such a 
good reset and it just provides such mm-hmm. a unique you know perspective on all aspects of your life especially when you travel solo like i just think there's so, so much beauty in that in terms of like you know yeah just like a reset button so that's awesome yeah. you did that for yourself yeah <laughs> thanks you know yeah i was just gonna say um tk with like the gift of imperfection i actually didn't read that book but i think i i have, it. have it okay i need to borrow it mm. um but i think yeah. i read Brené brown's other books and i think they had a pretty like similar effect on me in terms of like realizing um like the value of vulnerability and that has been like one of the like big threats that we talked about um when it relates to like mental health um, so yeah, it was like, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, Brené Brown was like your therapist in a book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a book form. Basically, yeah. Oh my God, now that I think about it, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so like, these were some of the tools that like really worked well for us as Anis as we were on our journey of like, you know, trying to do life basically and be as mentally healthy and be kind of the best version of ourselves that we can be. Um, so that's what we wanted to share on this episode. And um, I hope that some of the tools are relevant to you. Maybe you have tried some of them or you want to try some of them out and like haven't had a chance to. Um, we mentioned some great books that um, are really helpful um, to understand and to learn about yourself. Um, so I hope this episode was helpful to our listeners in that way. Um, and if you enjoyed listening to this episode, come and connect with us on our Instagram um, at one would only say, uh, and hope to see you guys on our next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm.